Today we have with us journalist Robin Augustine to discuss the biggest and latest news pieces that affect us here in Malaysia. Let's get to our first article that we found. With the amended school schedule, there are actually less holidays for the students and teachers. And some teachers are uh, not very happy with that. With most exams being cancelled anyways and teachers who were still actively teaching during the MCO. We're just wondering why the need to reduce the number of holidays. So according to the Education Ministry, the reason for this was to help schools in planning their teaching and learning process after being closed for three months. And uh, there has been mixed reactions to this. Of course, the teachers are understandably unhappy because a lot of them have bought their tickets for their holidays and so on. But we can also see some positive reactions from students who, you know, when they learn online, they can't really clarify certain things with the teacher on the spot. And so they feel they need more time for their exams. So it was initially 42 days for the year-end holiday and now they've reduced it to 14 14. days. So it's quite a big reduction actually for the year-end holidays. In your personal opinion, should they just revert it back to the original year-end holidays of 42 days for the sake of (laughs) the teachers? Well, I I can understand the teachers, you know, their their concerns. And I mean, I would hate to lose a, a large chunk of my holidays. But I believe that the... Ministry has, uh, you know, already looked at all the possible scenarios and this is probably the, in coming up with the best solution. So I think since the decision has been made and communicated, it should probably, you know, continue, carry on. Now, allocations of 1 billion ringgit for infrastructure projects have been approved for three states' constituencies in northern Sarawak alone as snap elections in the state looms. Now, historically in Sarawak, there have been lots of promises of improved infrastructure <laughs> before an election, but it'll be years before the project actually materialises or even approved at all. Uh, in your opinion... Should Sarawakians buy into this promise now? In East Malaysia, it's always about politics of development. I can't really say I'm in a position to say how Sarawak voters should vote. But I think what's important is for them to actually look at the individual track record of the elected representatives, you know, and see what they have actually been able to do. Of course, there's often a narrative that, you know, a government representative can bring development. Uh, I think that's not not always uh, the case. For any of them, you just have to look at their track record and whether they've been working hard to deliver for the, to the people. But if you're talking about track record, wasn't there this incredibly long highway that's been talked Pan about? Borneo Highway. Yeah. That's been talked about for the past 20 years, I think. It's in the, in the process right now. Apparently. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's in the process. Uh, I mean, it's a very, very huge highway. It's still in the process of being built. There was a slight delay and uh, I believe if I'm not mistaken that it's back on track. So because based on that, I mean, you talked about track record. Based on that, was that good track recording? Well, I mean, that's a federal government project. Nothing to do Uh, with the state government. Not really, yeah. But the state has taken on, taken over projects which uh, the previous administration had cancelled some uh, infrastructure projects and uh, it has been reported that the state has taken over these projects these are smaller infrastructure projects bridges and so on alright so glass half full time is it I would assume that there are projects that have been completed and maybe some that may have not so it really depends on the constituency where you're 
where you're talking about. Now, this is an exciting article or articles been written about this case. The Perak MB has been criticised as selfish by opposition for buying a new luxury car while many others go jobless during these difficult times. Now, even if the luxury car was discounted, right, should the MB have refrained himself from buying a new car at this time when there's economic instability in the country? So for me, no, because uh, however you look at it, it looks bad. Lah. When you change to a luxury car, when hundreds of thousands have lost their jobs and uh, or are taking pay cuts, it looks insensitive. Because why this particular brand? I think other government cars are using all the, the locally made, I mean, our... The Protons. Lo- yeah, exactly, yeah. the Perdanas and whatnot, right? So why not those? There are some state governments which are using Camrys. I'm not really sure why. I only drive a Prado Abeza and it looks fine <laughs> for me. There's actually a discussion previously sort of restricting government vehicles to specific models, right? Should this apply to state government as well? I mean, it's an appealing idea if we can restrict it to a cheaper model. Uh, if we talk about that, it should only be a certain kind of expensive car and I think no. La, but I think the bottom line is that I, I just don't see why everyone can use the cabinet ministers all use it. So there was it's basis for the criticism car. from the opposition then? Uh, yes, but I think it's also important to remember that when the previous administration was uh, Pakatan Harapan administration, they also used the Camrys. It's not ex- luxurious as a Lexus, but I think the point is that nothing wrong with everyone should just use Malaysian cars. Everyone in, in politics actually should just use Malaysian cars, right? Yeah. Let's get to our next article. Food prices going up despite prices of basic goods and services going down. Now, the prices of basic goods and services have gone down 2.9% as compared to the same time last year. However, food prices have been going up in recent months. So, why is this happening? There's no balance here. I think if you talk about food items, then it really depends on the items. If I'm not mistaken, eggs are now cheap due to uh, oversupply, but chicken, on the other hand, is uh, more expensive. Which is strange, because um, the chicken and next story. <laughs> <laughs> so what one poultry farmer I spoke to said that the reason why chicken is expensive uh, is due to supply uh, factors which affect the supply, including uh, the depreciation of the ringgit, the uh, cold weather, which means colder temperatures and chicks are more susceptible to illness and this makes them grow at a slower rate. Okay. Yeah, it all, it all boils down to supply and demand. So some food items uh, have gone up in prices but some has gone down uh, due to the supplies. But how come our food prices are, are going up? So should we be cooking home more often now and not going out to eat? Oh yeah, I mean, I think a lot of Malaysians during the MCO uh, improved their cooking skills <laughs> at home. They were sharing and I think all of course you can see the difference like when you cook at home it's so much cheaper like you can portion your meals better if that's always a feasible option. Why not? Do you think this is the best solution to this problem for us Malaysians to cook more at home? I guess it depends. Lah. I think for a lot of working couples, uh, anyway, especially if they have children, it may not always be easy. Lah. But hopefully now more companies will allow their staff to work from home. It gives them a bit more of that flexibility. You won't lose hours in the traffic jam. 
Yeah. But shouldn't the government do something about like putting a ceiling on certain food prices? Because like, every time during festivals, we always see uh, certain goods, there's a ceiling for everything. Should the authorities step in and say, no, we're going to control certain food prices? Um, If you're talking about raw foods, then yeah. it's actually quite difficult. There, there are sometimes people complain that the cost of production, you know, it, or the, the government control price is too low. Uh, and then later on, what they will do is they will just increase the, you know, they'll want to make the money back. The, the market is still the best regulator. If certain foods are too expensive, if can, opt for alternatives. And when the demand drops, the price should drop too. So if you go to the market and you see this chicken selling for 10 ringgit and the other stall is selling for 8 ringgit, go to the other one. Buy from the other yeah. stall. Oh, that, well, that's, I mean, it's unlikely that the two chickens will be different prices. I mean, you know, if, Chicken is expensive, opt for fish or tofu or whatever other source of protein. Our final article is a pretty controversial one, I think. Uh, Malaysia DAP advisor Lim Kit Siang actually said that the best way for Datuk Suri Anwar Ibrahim to become Prime Minister is to first make Tun Mahade the ninth Prime Minister. What are your personal thoughts on this statement, Robin? The basis for that would be the so-called uh, transition of power agreement that they would all sign. But I think it's important to remember that this is not something that is enforceable by law. So then it all boils down to trust. I think many who follow Malaysian politics will understand why it'll be hard for Anwar to trust Mahade to hand over to him because in this case it's almost twice bitten right so will he go for a third time <laughs> that's what a lot of people you know if you're in Anwar's shoes what would you do what would you do you know? if you were in Anwar's shoes I think it's tricky also because it might not be ideal for some some voters a lot of voters I mean a lot of social media users have already voiced their disagreement with Pakatan appoint nominating Mahathir as a candidate for a third time you might end up losing support uh, if you continue to do this so I guess they have to look at what their goals are and come G15 which is happening in June yeah right? that's another thing so you don't we, even I mean, know nobody knows so if you make a unpopular move now you might not have time to recover from that if an election is called so it's quite tricky there was a discussion uh, I think a few days back where it was mentioned that if Tun M does become Prime Minister again or if he leads it will be a, for a very very specific time frame how does that kind of work? that was also no... previously promised wasn't it? Yeah. like He'll be Prime Minister for down. two years yeah. and then he'll step down. That was previously promised. Previously, in black and white, there was no date determined. Some say it was two years. But I think with the Prime Minister's post, it's very hard to put a time frame like that because then people will say, you know, you're lame up Prime Minister six months. And it brings a lot of uncertainty where policies, investments are concerned. So it's not ideal to have that kind of time frame should be term to term 